I'm excited to see the light at the end of the tunnel. I think that with a lot of community colleges, we've kind of tried to figure out what's going on. We've been kind of in the dark and that idea of like the flashlight. I can only see what the flashlight hits. And we're trying to navigate this situation. And it's, it's not easy, but it seems like the light's getting brighter and we're seeing more. And I, I'm kind of sick of the term, the new normal, but yet it's also kind of the reality of it, right? Like it, it's a new normal. There are people that will attend ACC, get an associate's degree from us, and never set foot on campus. Welcome to Forward with NACI, Inspiring Entrepreneurial Action, a podcast that shares the stories of everyday entrepreneurs, entrepreneurial leaders, and the communities that support us. We hope that this diverse collection of stories brings you inspiration, inspires you to take action, and ignites entrepreneurship in your community as we make our way forward together. Welcome to this episode of Forward with NACI. I'm excited to bring a guest into our virtual studio who I met at a conference in DC. He's an entrepreneur, he's a community college trustee, uh, he's the co-owner of a coffee shop. So we have lots and lots to talk about. I'm so happy that you're here, Jake Starkey. Let's begin our conversation and tell us a little bit about you. Uh, what, what in your life brought you into the career path that you have today? So a couple of things. First of all, thank you very much for having me on the show. I'm really excited to, to be a part of it. I think for me, the, the thing that stands out is my wife's an educator. I've been blessed with some really good teachers along the way that put up with uh, a stubborn kid and helped them kind of see creativity and kind of see opportunities that weren't necessarily there. You know, I think sometimes things can be very rote and how things are uh, taught and I had some great teachers who just took the opportunity to feed into me and give me an opportunity to try new things. Things were outside the box. And, and so everything from, honestly, there's a, the chairwoman of ACC right now is my former teacher. She likes to point that out when we go to meetings. Uh, <laughs> but she's, she was one of my teachers growing up and it was the same thing. She just believed in students and believed in giving kids an opportunity. And so throughout life, I've tried to turn around and do the same thing as well. So any opportunity I can to, to help, I try to. Yeah, I think that's, that's great. And, you know, like you, I was that kind of student too. I loved college when I got into college and graduate school, but I remember sitting, especially in high school, feeling like I was chained to a desk. And I, I just, yes. once I got to college, I, you know, you could pick your classes, you could change your major, you could sign up for all these things you'd never heard of before. And so I, I think, Jake, it, to some degree, higher education is made for people like ourselves that maybe don't mm -hmm. necessarily fit into the mold. But like you, I, I really fell in love not only with education, but with community college because of its open access nature. And it's just very inclusive. And I think it it uplifts a lot of people. And, you know, there, there's a lot. So it's, it's thank you for sharing that. And one of the things that you did, same as us, is you launched a podcast of your own during the pandemic, and it's got a really cool aligned mission. So why don't, why don't you just, so we don't lose that point, share with us a little bit about what your podcast is about, where do you, sure. um, you know, produce it, and, and maybe just maybe one story that resonates of something um, that you enjoyed uh, over the last year or so. Yeah. So our podcast is called Creating Community with Dorian and Jake. And it's my business partner and I, we own 1820 Coffee. We own 1820 Marketing uh, together. And the thing was, is that 
mission statement for 1820 Coffee House is creating community one cup at a time. And we noticed that as people came into the coffee shop, they would tell these great stories and they would just hang out. And this was during the pandemic. And so it was the first time that a lot of people got out of the house and they were coming to get coffee. And you could almost see a nervousness about sitting down to even talk because no one knew the rules. You know, it was, can we sit down? Can we do this? Can we do that? And we're like, man, there's so many great conversations that we're having. How do we share them? And so we were able to, you know, being marketers and me having a video production background, I was able to put together the equipment. And then Dorian and I, we just, we find people and we sit down and we kind of, we always describe it as the first half of the conversation is this is your life. Like what got you to wherever you're at now? And the second half of the conversation is what you're doing now. And so we've gotten to talk to congressmen about what led them to, to run for election from being a sheriff in Fort Bend County to even the situation, weird situation for Congressman Nels was he was on the floor during the January 6th oh, insurrection, wow. whatever you want to call it. He was there. And so we got to hear from his perspective what was going on. And that was really interesting to us because, you know, we all watched it from TV. But to, to hear his firsthand account of it was was very enlightening and, and interesting. Yeah, I bet. And, I, you know, it is interesting, too. I've talked to other people about this as well is really, I think the pandemic opened up for all of us, really that need for human connection. I I don't know about you, but we actually moved during the pandemic. So we left one community where we had raised our children. We'd lived there for 17 years and we moved, we moved actually the NACI office and I moved my family to Cary, North Carolina at the same time. And it was funny because moving during the pandemic, everything was shut down but a lot of the people I missed the most, which surprised me, are the people that you see at the grocery store all the time and the people that cut your hair. And it's it's those connections, the human connection of people that maybe are not deeply entrenched in your life, but they're the people that deliver your mail and, and sort of smile at you. And when I think about your podcast and what you're doing, it's sort of honoring the stories of, of everyday people. We try to do that also on Forward with Nacy. We really honor the spirit of people, whether, you know, it's the secretary of state or, you know, a a senator, or it's just an everyday person who has an idea for um, starting a business. And one of the things that's critical, and I met you, uh, and we're going to get into this in a minute, in Washington, D.C., we were both there for the American Community College Trustees uh, National Legislative Summit. So we happened to have the good fortune of of participating in advocacy workshop and, and chatted and got acquainted but I was really interested in talking to you about marketing because I think that's an area that obviously you are good at. And I think a lot of um, organizations struggle with, you know, is how do you communicate your story? So I'd love it. Perhaps, Jake, if you could share a couple tips with our audience, whether they're in higher ed, have their own businesses or just, you know, regular people. First of all, what is marketing and how can we become better at that? Um, we all have access to social media tools you know, give us maybe the everyday uh, couple of tips that we, that might benefit us. Sure. So the thing we like to work with people on is to let them know that social media is not marketing. It's an aspect of marketing, Okay. just like your website, just like public speaking, just like brochures or anything else you do. It's one tool in your toolbox and you shouldn't put all your tools in, <laughs> or let me jump metaphors. You shouldn't put all your eggs in one basket. How about that? Because what ends up happening is the number of people that 
got really successful on Facebook and now everyone's on TikTok or then they went to Instagram or whatever it may be. You're throwing a lot of time and effort into one social media. And when it becomes done, for lack of a better term, you're having to rebuild that audience. And so using it as part of your marketing strategy is really good. Not your only marketing strategy. I'm really fond of a business owner. His name's Donald Miller. He wrote a book called Building a Story Brand. And he, he always says, you confuse, you lose. And so that's one of the things we talk about with our clients is you, while ACC, for instance, Alvin Community College, where I'm blessed to be a regent, we have so many great programs. But if I sit down and start to tell you about all 20 programs, you're not going to remember the first one when I get to the 20th one. That's right. So it's what audience am I aiming for? What information do I want to be sure to get across to them and only focusing on that? And, and that's a thing that I think a lot of us struggle with, especially in larger organizations, because we want the opportunity to tell everybody all the amazing things we do. I know personally, I don't remember all of them. You know, when I sit through a presentation and here's all these great things, like I'm going to remember one or two. And so That's to me, right. it's always focused. Sometimes people talk really fast and I've, I've been guilty of this myself because you get so excited and then you sort of get on a roll and then you realize you've lost people. <laughs> like five minutes ago when they have no idea really what you're talking about. So one of the, one of the missions that I have for 2022, and I, I'm sure my staff are tired of me saying this is really to simplify. I, I really am trying to not have paragraphs and this long text with all these big words, but I think the way personally, not being a marketing expert like you, but dabbling a lot in it and, and having um, some success, some accidental and some on purpose, but is really to think about like, how can we focus more on headlines and shorter words, but, but action words and things that are fun and inclusive, because like we started at the beginning of our conversation, one of the things that I didn't love about high school is it wasn't fun. It felt like first of all, it started way too early. So that's a whole other conversation. You know, kids at that age do not like to get up at, you know, 530 in the morning. But, you know, every once in a while, you'd run into a teacher that, you know, you'd click with and, and you realize learning could be fun. And, you know, the mission of NACI, and I imagine what you do as a trustee at Alvin College and in your work is really try to figure out how can you have messages and stories where it connects to the heart, it gets people to take action and it kind of celebrates us as people, although we might be very different. So I'd be curious to think how, how does Alvin community college, how does your staff there approach marketing? Do they, do they do it in non-traditional ways or are they doing like the course catalog and the traditional ways of marketing, or is that not inside the scope of what you might uh, chime in with on with them? So I don't chime in with it a whole lot, but I can tell you haven't seen it. We do everything from radio ads because I'll listen to the radio and I'll hear it and go, hey, that's Alvin Community College to same thing with social media. You know, it pops up on my Instagram feed and things like that, as well as obviously the, the more direct the website and then the course catalog and things like that. So I think ACC is really good at utilizing different options for marketing, including social media. And I see it because everywhere I go. So Alvin is a very small community. It's a town of about 25,000, but the college district that we serve incorporates a huge area. And so mm -hmm. it's, it's very interesting to, to kind of see different people. And, and the, you see the marketing differ, right? Like it, you deal with other cities and 
your local community college kind of thing, but we maybe you aren't saying Alvin Community College, it's your local community college or something like that. And overall, it, it's little nuances, but overall, they do a really good job. And I, I try to stay out of that because I don't want to kind of overstep my bounds as, as a that's region. Right. You're a good trustee. You're not trying yeah. to. <laughs> and that's funny because yeah. in my role, too, as the president of NACI, I, I, I really just admire and, and work with and and really appreciate my board, but I, I don't want them tinkering in sort of the day-to-day operations. So that is excellent. That tells me you're a very good trustee. You know, the other thing is I was thinking about this the other day. I started my career working in the United Way system, gosh, in the late 90s. And it's interesting, they're much like community colleges in some respects because there's pretty much one in every county. Now they're more, a lot of them are regional. They're, you know, they're bigger. They're trying to save, you know, get efficiencies of scale. But I remember, I think it was in the early 2000s, they had a campaign where they tried to brand the logo so that that they had greater impact. It wasn't saying that every single United Way had to be the same, but that that they were going to agree on some basic language and a logo, and then it could be sort of customized to local communities. I had forgotten about that. And then when we were together in D.C., I heard somebody bring up that idea for community colleges, which I thought was really interesting. Now, I can see that not everybody would love that idea, but I was thinking about that, especially in the context of rural community colleges. Um, Some of them maybe only have a thousand students or something like that if there were options where people could agree around certain messages and it could certainly be customized and changed and and so on. I, I'm just curious how you would think about that. Cause I, I did not come yeah. up with that idea for community college, but somebody had suggested it and it kind of stuck with me as something that might be interesting to, to talk about. Sure. So one of the things we always try to focus on, or I'm not saying we always succeed, but keeping student first. Right. And so for us, we look at it as, can we create a level playing field where someone goes to ACC and then goes to HCC, which is Houston Community College, which is possible because we're right next to each other, or San Jack, which is another community college in the area. Is it going to transfer? Because nothing is more frustrating. It took me seven years to get through college because when I transferred, all my credits went away, right? Like I lost hours and all kinds of stuff. I like the idea of creating a, a level playing field with credits and then building on that to being th- these are things we all agree on as a community college, but it's a weird thing too because different states things you things you learn at <laughs> national conferences. The fact that some of them, some states, it's all one system, and then there's just community colleges that are there underneath it. Whereas we're independent. San Jack has four or five campuses, I believe, but we're all you know our trustees are elected. Some states they're appointed. I don't know how you navigate that situation to to kind of get it approved across the board. I could see it being regional. I could see it being statewide, but I do yeah. like the idea that here's all the things that we agree on, you know, in certain things, unity, but in all things, charity, like try to, like, yeah, here's the things we agree right. on. Now, so. what, what caused you? Cause I think that's a, an excellent point. That's one of the things, you know, uh, working at NACI, we, we are in, you know, almost all of the States and some of them are very different. Like Utah, they really have only one community college. They cover the entire state. It's very rural. Where I worked for my community college for a number of years where I was a vice president, it was New Jersey. So there were 19 separate community colleges. So there was an association, but it was sort of voluntary. And whoever the governor was, they would appoint certain trustees and then the local counties would appoint other trustees. So nobody ever ran for that position. 
But if you were an elected official, that was one of the powers that you had is that you could appoint people that you thought would be really good trustees. And it it is interesting seeing how different systems work. But I I have to ask you, too, because I always admire people that run for office. I don't envision myself ever doing that. What prompted you to do that? And what was that experience like running for your seat? So the interesting thing was that I signed up in January of 2020 before the world kind of fell apart. No one was running against me. Uh, so we had three positions because we're elected. We had one person that was running again that was previously a, a regent and then two open positions. So the, the multitude of weird things that happened is we signed up to run. No one opposed us. The community college had a board meeting and said, look, if there's no one running against these people, there's no point in holding an election. It's just going to cost the taxpayer money. Mm-hmm. They they canceled the election to where in May we would take office. But the next day is when the shutdown orders hit. Oh, my gosh. And so we're one of the very few elected officials that year who got in in May. A lot of people, it all got punted till November because you have to have an actual election. Well, there was no one running. Or like even in the city elections, they were going to cancel them as well. but the meetings were after the shutdown. So they couldn't have the meeting to then cancel to then do this. So it was really an odd thing. The first nine, 10 months or so we were zoom only. Like I didn't really get to and see then you're hit with all of these issues. You know, you mm-hmm. volunteer for this position. I mean, that that's quite an incredible story, but yeah. it sounds, have you enjoyed it? I mean, what, I mean, I'm sure, you know, the pandemic has been exhausting, let's be honest, for everyone and, and challenging on a multitude of levels. But how how has that experience been? You know, that was weird at the beginning, but as, as you sort of move through the process. It's been a couple of things between the pandemic and then in August after that, our president announced her retirement. And so then we got on the presidential search and I think ACC had only had maybe we've had four presidents. I'm trying to think. It's not been a whole lot because we had one for a 30-year period. I, I like being an advocate. I like finding something that I'm passionate about and promoting it. And that's why I like going to things like the ACCT where uh, we met. Because I can just go and talk about how great community college is or how great you know Dr. Exley is or how great you mm-hmm. know, our school is. I'm not really good at Jake is awesome. <laughs> and that's the strength. Yeah, I'm, the I'm like thing. that too. I, you know, but in a way, though, I think by virtue of the fact you were willing to throw your hat in the ring and run, and because you seem like a very humble person, I'm from the Midwest, so like people from the Midwest, I mean, it's a very broad generalization, but they're not people to brag. Like when we moved to New sure. Jersey, that was a whole other. It's just a different culture, and not everyone in New Jersey is like that. But it's people tend to be much more out there because they have to be right. It's a more crowded state, but I think what's, what's interesting about the experience that we shared. And I, I told you this before I met Dr. Exley through my board chair elect Dr. Chris Whaley. And I just found him to be just very excited about entrepreneurship. And, and we were one, we were just so happy. He joined our conference in Nashville a couple of years ago, just to learn and to network. And I, I, 
told you this before. I said, he is not going to succeed at retirement. He has too much energy. So then lo and behold, when I found out he had come to your college and reached out to me, I was just thrilled. Those are the kinds of leaders and presidents. It doesn't matter what they look like or how old they are. They, you need that relentless passion to think about how can you reimagine? How can you make things um, better for people? And that was the experience, Jake, that I had in DC. I, I thought it was wonderful. I met so many trustees. That's the first time I actually went to that conference. I go to a lot of higher ed conferences and it's a lot of, you know, presidents, faculty, but it's it's not the trustee side. And, and I think that was what really opened my eyes is the impact that we all could make advocating for our community colleges as a system. So even though we're different, we're all saying, you know, Pell needs to be increased for students. You know, community colleges need to have more than five of every hundred dollars that is allocated toward higher ed. That's just not right. And I, I felt like that spirit of unity and maybe some of it was coming out of the pandemic where I felt like we have all been sort of pushed apart. But I want to ask you, and then I could share one thing that I learned from that experience when, when we were in that advocacy workshop, whether people might be listening or thinking about community colleges or something else, what was something that you learned in that experience that you'll take back to your community, whether it's you as a trustee or a business or a podcaster or, or whatever? Yeah, I, I think that struck me the most was how we all kind of have a lot of the same struggles. I think a lot of times we all want to think that we're special. Our community colleges got circumstances that y'all, you know, that you wouldn't understand because you're not in Texas or you're not in Michigan or Florida. But it was interesting to me to to see that we all have the same concerns. And it, thankfully, hopefully we're all rowing in the same way, if that makes sense to to help with grants and things like that. And I think coming in, I guess the best way for me to put it is I didn't know what I didn't know. And so when I joined this board, which is amazing, and they're so helpful, and, and it's a great team that we have, my worldview of community college widened dramatically. I thought it was kind of one thing. And then even with the pandemic, where you're sitting there going, okay, well, we're not having as many of these type of students, but we have more of that type of students. Okay, well, is it a one-time thing? Is it a turn? Is it a, something we really need to pivot? Or is it just an anomaly because we're in this weird situation? The thing I took away from it really was the connections, really. It was really nice to meet. I met Kara Crowley from Amarillo College, but it's it's really good information. I'm really excited to go back to the board because I'm one of nine and kind of discuss my takeaways from this conference. It's been a great, I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. And just spending time together, like you could have dinner together. And it's funny in a local community when you're away, because you're away, you don't have to race home and eat dinner and do all of the things that we all have to do as family members. I think that was really important. I think for me on the advocacy end, I was very impressed by the level of public servants and they were on both, you know, political parties. They had, you know, people, very conservative perspectives, some, you know, more liberal and whatnot. But what I took away from it that I thought was really interesting, the session with the White House staff and the other people is really to really focus on progress, even if it's small and incremental, it's really important. And I, I guess I knew that anyway, but I would see people start to go down the path of, oh my goodness, everything is so broken and people don't get along. And I saw a side of these are pretty high level people, most of them, 
but just like us, they go to work every day and, you know, we're not going to solve these problems overnight, but I was very heartened and uplifted by the fact that, you know, despite that some of the major legislation doesn't seem to be moving, whether you're for it or not for it or whatever, but there are still things behind the scenes and there's still um, celebrations and there's still important things to be done. So I, I just really left with a whole pocket full of business cards and ideas and things the same as you. And I think our connection together, which is is kind of as we bring our conversation to a close, I'm I'm really happy that I attended. I, I'm I'm just there's so much more that I can learn from you and about you. But I want to thank you, Jake, and and just invite you maybe if you just want to close out with a word of something that you're hopeful about here in 2022 or something you're excited about. I'm excited to see the light at the end of the tunnel. I think that with a lot of community colleges, we kind of tried to figure out what's going on. We've been kind of in the dark and that idea of like the flashlight, I can only see what the flashlight hits and we're trying to navigate this situation and it's, it's not easy, but it seems like the light's getting brighter and we're seeing more. And I'm kind of sick of the term, the new normal, but yet it's also kind of the reality of it, right? Like it's a new normal. There are people that will attend ACC, get an associate's degree from us, and never set foot on campus because they're going to do it all virtual. Mm-hmm. And that is not something that was an option a couple of years ago. You know? Right. And so I, I think that's good. And, you know, I, I just one last thought, I agree with you. I think about my, my Angelou and you know, how she said every storm runs out of rain. Well, this has been like a, a long storm, but I agree with you. We're starting to see the light and, and I thank you for being a part of the solution of a friend to Nacy. And I hope this is the first of many conversations. So wish you and all of our listeners around the world a, a great day. And, and if you don't know about your community college and your um, community, uh, check it out. It, there's lots of, of good things to learn and, and connections to make. Thank you for joining us today. We hope that you will continue to explore the many ways to define entrepreneurship with NACI as we celebrate opportunity, failing forward, and success, learning from one another along the way. Subscribe to this podcast on your favorite platform and follow at NACI on social media and learn more about us at NACI.com forward slash podcast. Stay tuned for a new episode each week. We look forward to making our way forward together with you. Have you heard the exciting news? NACI recently released a new publication titled The NACI Playbook, Volume 1, all about how entrepreneurial mindset sets the new standard for success in communities and colleges. The NACI Playbook digs into entrepreneurial mindset and how practicing leadership with this framework creates an agile culture with space to innovate, co-create, fail forward, and accelerate growth. Entrepreneurship and entrepreneurial leadership require us to lean in, anticipate and recognize trends, manage change, be resilient, take risks, reflect, and rest in the knowledge that anything is possible. Learn from our innovative, insightful, generous network who navigates both challenges and opportunities entrepreneurially as we share what we've learned and how you might apply their experience to your work. We hope you'll be as inspired as we were. 
Learn more at www.nacyplaybook.com.